Welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you learn how to find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows. This is not your average grief group. This is your journey group. It just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of widowhood. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of Widowed and Widow Coach, and I'm a professional certified life coach. Let the healing and your personal journey begin. Hello, my friends. I'm here. (laughs) Yes, I was away for a bit. And thank you for those of you who were checking in on me to make sure everything was okay. I'm okay. And at some point, I'm going to change that intro to this. I just have to rewrite something. Um, Yeah, I've been actually the last couple of months extremely busy because there was such an overwhelming response to when I opened up the May class for Widow Coach Certification. So many, in fact, I ended up turning some people away because the class was full. Um, This year, I was only going to do another class in October, but I'm adding a July class because of the overwhelming response and... um, yeah, people waiting to do this. So I am going to be starting a class in mid-July. If you're interested, reach out to me. It's Joanne, J-O-A-N-N, at JoanneTheLifeCoach.com, right? Or you can go to JoanneTheLifeCoach.com website. So I just wanted to let you guys know that. It's, you know, the it's an wonderful problem to have that so many people responded that I couldn't even get back to everybody, which I feel bad about that. If you're one of the people who responded to that May class that I couldn't even get back to, um, then it wasn't for lack of trying. So today I want to talk about something that it came up in my private Facebook group. Um, I have a free private Facebook group called Widows Empowering Widows. And uh, there was a post that kind of, you know, set me off. I had a little hissy fit in my group about it. And it was someone who came in and posted, not someone, a widow. She came in and posted uh, saying, you know, it's sobering to lose two-thirds of your income when your husband dies, which, yes, it is. Uh, She did say that, you know, everything there is going to be financially okay. He had life insurance. So, you know, she was able to pay things off and just kind of be okay. But she mentioned that that it's the little things that she used to treat herself to, that now she can't do those extra things anymore. And it's like it hurts her heart just a little bit more. You know, talking about being able to go get your hair done and colored and go have manicures, go have a a dinner date with your best girlfriends on the spur of the moment, all those things, right? And many, many, many in my group responded and really identified with what she was talking about, you know, Um, 
because yeah, we find ourselves like starting to cut back, cut back, cut back, trying to make ends meet. And it's not easy. It's not easy to give up the things that were part of what made your life feel so good for so long, right? Um, but there were also a couple of replies that were not nice. They were mean, right? There was one that somebody said something about how pathetic. Um, but the one that really set me off said this. And I tell you, if you come post in my group and you start any sentence with these words, you will be banned immediately, <laughs> okay? The reply included, you must not have loved your husband very much because. Well, that's for me, that is such a trigger because our group is about empowering widows, all widows, right? And anybody who says anything like that to another widow, how mean-spirited is that? to judge how much or how little she loved her husband. I mean, come on. So, you know, these replies, I'm not going to come embarrass you in the group. I'm not going to come thwack you up alongside the head. You won't hear a peep because I'll immediately eject you from the group and ban you from ever finding the group again. All your posts and all your replies will be deleted from the community, right? And I feel bad about that actually, because I know how poisonous this kind of ugly jealousy is to the person that's feeling that way. But nevertheless, you know, I kind of threw a glorious hissy fit in my community I know my trained certified widow coaches out there, you know who you are, were probably thinking emotional childhood much, Joanne? <laughs> yes, I knew what I was making the comment mean in my mind. And yes, I chose to be livid about it because I'm fierce about protecting the widows on my Facebook page and especially about protecting the widows within my subscription community or who are doing my classes don't even think you can get away with that kind of BS in the paid subscription site because I will dump you from there in a New York minute. I don't want your money if you're going to try to tear down other widows, right? So, um, and somebody else asked in the group, like, well, is there no room anywhere for negative criticism? And I thought, as opposed to what? like maybe actual constructive observations? You know, the answer is no. Widows don't need negative criticism, you know? And the, the expectation that there needs to be room for negative criticism on social media is the problem with social media, right? So, you know, I think what that person was referring to as negative criticism was actually bashing, bullying, you know, trying to verbally kick the other widow in the gut. And why? Because she was not poor enough. You know, it, it's like, wow. So let's talk about that for a minute. Envy and jealousy kind of travel together different emotions, but both are negative and they can make you feel miserable feeling it, right? 
envy and jealousy drive to self-sabotage. If you're going to hate on someone who's financially secure, you'll never allow yourself to become financially secure. Why would you if you think that person's despicable or questionable because she's financially secure? You don't want people to think that about you. So you'll block yourself from any kind of security, right? You're going to sabotage yourself right and left. Listen, when I began working on my own money beliefs, and my students know this. I don't know if I've talked about it on here before or not. But as a life coach, I spent two years digging into my own money beliefs, two years of self-coaching and work to really look at and understand everything about how I thought about money and making money and having money and spending money, all of those things. I'm really good at coaching people about their financial beliefs. Trust me, because I have done the work extensively. Now, when I was doing those early thought downloads, right? Um, I just put money at the top of the page and just started like auto writing every thought that came through my head about money and not filtering out any of it, not judging myself. You know, just kind of being a compassionate observer of what's going on in my head, right? Not judging whether it's too awful to write down. I wouldn't want anyone to ever see that. You know, we all kind of get to that place. So one of the things that came out of my mind onto the paper was something I had heard as a kid. That's where most of our beliefs are formed, by the way, when we're little kids what we hear our parents say, what we see them do. Um, we're real susceptible at that age, and we're kind of building our belief systems at that age. And what came out of my head onto paper was this phrase, rich bitch. I had heard my mother say it, being kind of dismissive about somebody. She's just a rich bitch anyway. I heard my sister say it, right? And when I looked at that phrase that came out of my brain, rich bitch, I thought, oh my goodness, I would never allow myself to become wealthy if that's what I thought. I would never even want myself to look outwardly secure to anybody else because I would not want them to think I was a bitch because I had more money than they did. Yeah, think about that. If you believe rich bitch, you don't want to be thought of as a bitch. You don't want to become a bitch. So you will never, ever let yourself make good money. You will self-sabotage so that you never become that. Let's go back to jealousy. When someone else wins and gets what you want or has what you want and you believe you can't have it, or something equal or better, that's when you feel jealous. Okay? It's not about what they have. It's about what you think. It's like a competition, like feeling like when someone wins that you're jealous of their trophy and you're jealous of them winning the game, they now have something you believe you can't have. In some way, because they're winning, you think you're losing. 
Jealousy comes from scarcity, you guys. It comes from the idea that one person has the prize and there's only one prize. You think if you only had what she had, you'd be happier. Why isn't she perfectly happy about having all that? Right? Why is she missing little luxuries? How unfair is that? Her house is paid off. How unfair is that? It's not about unfair or fair. Do you see what you're making it mean that she has some financial stability? Can you see how what you make it mean when someone else has more, what you're thinking about it is, what's making you feel so terrible, angry, and mean? When you're focusing on how they have more and you don't, you're keeping yourself in a place of I don't have. And you never will because you're thinking that. Listen, I love to watch that schmaltzy HD TV show about people who've won the lottery and now they're shopping for their dream home. I do watch it. I confess you guys, I love it. I love it when they have a video on them and I love to think about what they must have been feeling when they found out they won like a hundred million dollars, right? I love to talk about people and what they must be feeling when they win big sums of money like that and what thoughts must be going on in their mind. You know, how are they creating scenarios in their brain? Am I not just a little jealous of them? No, I'm not. I'm thrilled for them. I also know how many lottery winners lose back all their winnings and end up right back where they were before they won because their beliefs could not support that sudden windfall. I also know that winning millions did not instantly make them happier because they have millions. They still have problems, you guys. They're human, just like all of us. Maybe their marriage is still rocky, and now it's like, well, he's going to take too much of the money, and that was my ticket. Maybe it's now you have financial worries and concerns. People might think you're a rich bitch. You know, you might lose friends. Maybe you do lose some friends. Maybe some friends are really snide about that stuff. Having more money doesn't equal more happiness. And I know what you're thinking. I used to say that stuff too. Like, you know, maybe money can't buy me love, but I'd sure like to have a ton of money and go find out. <laughs> right? But trust me, happy does not come from money. Seriously. Happy never comes from outside of you. It comes from inside of you. It comes from your own brain. And this is not just Walt Disney movie stuff like the bluebird of happiness is in your own backyard. This is science, you guys. Our brain creates all the chemicals to release emotions. That's what drives our emotions is what we think. If you're jealous for a new millionaire on TV shopping for their dream home, you're focusing on I'll never have that. Good job. Good job on creating a future that'll never have that. Right? Because what you focus on is exactly what you're going to create for yourself. Listen to me. Listen. 
we are all widows. Most of us are reduced back to nothing. Nothing. The whole idea of starting your life over, beginning from nowhere with nothing, can also mean I have nothing to lose. I didn't waste time being jealous of well-off widows. As a matter of fact, I read a book by a widow who was a millionaire in her own right, and her husband had millions in his own right. Yet the truth was, we had way more in common than I would have ever expected. We both thought we would be bag ladies without our husband. Yeah, I was probably much closer to that reality than she was, <laughs> right? But our fear was the same. Our pain was the same. So with nothing to lose, you might even have an advantage for yourself, but you can't see it. You especially can't see it if jealousy is blinding you. The big question, how do I make money? Can you reinvent yourself into someone who could do what it takes to make a living? Even a good living? Yeah, there's rich widows. There's poor widows. It doesn't matter in the long run. You might choose to think, but the rich widow has the advantage of not worrying about paying the mortgage or the rent. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. It has no effect whatsoever on what you can have. None. But what you think and what you put out into the world has every effect on what you can have. I don't just teach my widow coaches how to help other widows. I teach them how what they think, what they make things mean is everything. I teach them they can be as happy as they want to be. They can even be as financially stable as they want to be. One of the widow coaches in my mastermind posted about her recent birthday. I love this. I'm not naming names. You know who you are. So do all the other certified widow coaches in there. <laughs> she talked about her birthday and be, being the next version of herself. Okay. And I love that. That's like when I talk about being Joanne 2.0. It's about being willing to leave behind the parts of us that don't serve us. Things like jealousy and envy. Then becoming not just a better person, but a whole new version, an empowered version, right? It all starts in what you believe about yourself. Just because one person has a lot doesn't mean you have to have less. It's just the opposite. It means you could have a lot too, maybe even more. She's happy right where she's at. A little discontent maybe, but if you're ready to become a wealth warrior to build up something for yourself, if you're ready to change and level up, you're going to rise up like you've never thought you could in the past. You will. And how do you deal then with jealousy and envy when it comes up? You know, like maybe Joanne, I think I'm beginning to understand how this hurts me and not the other person. 
right? That it makes me stay in a place of lack and without things. You just journal it down. You guys, putting this stuff out on paper really helps you be an observer of your thoughts and real compassionate for yourself. You're not going to judge yourself. Don't get all judgy. Be compassionate, right? You can open up a notebook and you could write, I'm jealous of so-and-so because, and just start writing every thought down, every thought, every thought. One minute, two minutes tops. It does not take long. Literally, when I do a thought download, I set a timer for 60 seconds to just let that flow. And then I go back and look at what I wrote down objectively, compassionately. I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm going to beat myself up for writing down rich bitch. It's a terrible thing to think about somebody wealthy, right? Because there's a lot of wealthy people out there doing wonderful things. There's people who are born into wealth. Being wealthy isn't that they're a terrible person. They just happen to be born into that and it didn't corrupt them in any way. Probably one of the wealthiest friends I have is also one of the loveliest friends I have. Truly, her heart is so beautiful. What can I tell you? So when I see myself write something down like that, yeah, I might be taken back when I see it on paper, but then I can be objective about it. I can be compassionate for myself. You know, I'm kind of like, where did that come from? And then realize how that would hold me back in creating financial stability for myself, right? It's like, boy, I really need to rethink that. I need to look for all the evidence in the world that there are rich people who are not bitches, <laughs> right? Let's just get that straight. So by doing a thought download, you begin processing a little bit more about the beliefs that you've been walking around with that you haven't even looked at. I mean, it's like, it's not your fault. We create all these beliefs when we are little kids and then nobody ever tells us, you know, you need to sit down and take a look at everything that's in your head because you do actually get to pick and choose what you want to believe. You don't have to roll with all that stuff that you just took in by osmosis right? Most of us though, do go through our whole lives and we're operating from this automatically programmed place in our brain with all this stuff we just kind of took in as a little kid and we never question any of it. When you begin questioning it, it can blow your mind. And yes, if you're a widow that does not have her mortgage paid off, if you're a widow who has lost all her income when her husband died, not knowing where the next money is coming in from, it doesn't mean that you are staying there forever unless you're just going to have a pity party and hate everybody who has more. Then you will probably stay there forever. I fortunately did not stay there forever. I began building something I wanted in my life. I began looking at what it was I really wanted to do with my life after Jim died. I wanted to make his death mean something too. That played a lot in it for me, making the decisions that I made. But here I am five years later, and I'm not just Joanne 2.0. I'm like Joanne 5.0 at this point. You know, I've leveled up so many times on my beliefs and the path I'm following and the work that I do. 
the work I do for other widows, but you've got to understand, I'm also doing the work on myself constantly, constantly growing and challenging and learning. That's what we all can do. That's what is so exciting. So know that you create your own financial situation. You really do. It's not anybody else's fault. It's not your husband's fault for not taking out life insurance. It's not, it's just where you are right now and where it is you want to get to. Whether that's through certifying as a widow coach and building a coaching practice or going and selling vitamins or going and getting a job somewhere that you always dreamt about working uh, or something that you always wanted to do. If you love to paint, start painting a lot. Start putting it up on the internet. Start seeing if you could sell them. Maybe your paintings won't sell, but your paintings would make excellent gift cards. You've got to dream big and go after it for yourself and stop judging other widows. It's different for every one of us. Okay. It's different for every one of us. The most harmful thing was this widow that posted how she was struggling, you know, with having to give up some of the little niceties in life that a couple people were mean to. What they probably didn't realize is this woman's husband committed suicide. She's been dealing with a lot of pain, you guys. She doesn't need more pain from a community that's supposed to support and empower widows. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not saying names, but if you are out there in my podcast listening community, please come back and click join on Widows Empowering Widows again. We would love to have you back. You wouldn't believe the outpouring from everybody over this. They're like, tell her to come back. I did a direct message on Facebook, but when you're not connected as friends with somebody, it doesn't always show up in the message, the messenger notes that you get. I know oftentimes I, I have a terrible time. I go to messenger and I can see all my friends and I keep clicking around and some days all of a sudden I stumble across the magic place where I can see people who have not friended me on Facebook, but who have sent me messages. <laughs> I get to actually see, oh, for the last two months, I've had four people message me. So I don't know if you saw the direct message to please come back, join our community. We would love to support you. Um, if you're a podcast listener and you know this is about you, don't run and hide and be embarrassed. Thank you for providing us such a valuable lesson and come back and click on Widows Empowering Widows. You, you are absolutely welcome back to the community. And I totally understand dealing with not being able to go back to the salon, not being able to just go out and have dinner with your friends anytime you want to. I think I also posted, and I don't know if you stuck around long enough to see it about, listen, instead of cutting back, find a way to create more income. This is something my own personal coach had taught me. It's like, no, don't cut, start cutting back on stuff. You're just going to be in a miserable downward spiral, canceling your cable TV, canceling this, canceling that. She's like, no, just find a way to make more income so that you can continue to lead the life that you're used to. You can absolutely do it. I don't want any eye rolling out there. Every one of you would be capable of 
doing something in the world that you could do and create more income. It's amazing. First though, you have to deal with your money beliefs. That's where it all starts, you guys. So listen, again, as I wrap this up, if you are interested in the Widow Coach Certification course, reach out to me. It is, um, I think July 17th will be the first day of the next 12-week course. So do reach out to me. Let's talk about it. Let's see if it's something that's a good fit for you. Um, I'm happy to do that. So you guys, I hope you have been weathering our crazy world well and um, starting to see things open back up again where you are. It's a real joy. And um, I'll be back, I promise. <laughs> Get out there and find some joy in your lives, you guys. I love you. Bye. <laughs>